1: Today's topic is particularly relevant given the virtual world we are living in. Parent-teacher organizations have historically been in-person organizations. Events and meetings were held on school grounds with people face-to-face. Even where there may have been a virtual connection or a recording, bylaws often precluded attendance and voting from being counted for remote attendees. This method of operating just isn't feasible in light of the pandemic and many schools being 100% virtual at this point. So, how does a PTA or pTO adapt today's guest, Selma Avdicevich is a longtime PTA leader from Montclair, New Jersey has taken up this effort for the last three years for her PTA. She has modernized the PTA in her town. Welcome, Selma. We're very happy to have you here today.
2: Thank you for having me. I love being here with you. Why don't you tell me a
1: little bit about your background in PTA history?
2: Absolutely. Um, well, first, I want to clarify its Montclair, New Jersey.
1: Yes, thank you.
2: In
1: <laughs> Indeed, there is. There's one in California, close to where I am now. But it is Montclair, New Jersey, that we're talking to here.
2: <laughs> because funny story, we were actually on vacation one year uh, in uh, Corsouth, and we ran into a family from Montclair. And they said, "Well, you're from Montclair. No, we're from Montclair. How do we not know each other? Our children are in the same grades." And we realized they were from California. <laughs> Yes, so,
1: uh, uh, they're both great places. I've actually visited both, and both are fabulous towns.
2: There you go. And while you actually um, were the listeners, uh, Deborah actually lived in our town.
1: Indeed. <laughs> for a little while. Indeed. So I lived in the New Jersey PTA. version. Yep.
2: <laughs> so, anyway, yeah. So, I personally got involved in the PTA when my oldest son, who's now an eighth grader, started pre K here in town. Uh, we have wonderful. McClure Community preK which is a fantastic organization that provides early learning and preparation for kindergarten. It's a combination of private public partnerships, and there's New Jersey State certified. I mean, just, it's just a wonderful place for those that are interested. They can find more about that on their website. So, when our son started there in a three year old classroom, I felt like there was a need for me personally, to somehow contribute and help in the building and support teachers for what they are doing every day for our kids. And we realized that the pre-K, unlike all the other elementary schools, didn't have a PT organization. So we started one and we started doing events and things. So that's sort of how it happened. We organized book fairs, organized bake sales and things like that, just community events and so on and so forth. And then my kids went on to their elementary school, and then I became involved there, eventually becoming a PTA president there as well. And then my kids are in middle school, so I'm now vice president of the PTA in their middle school, all the while working full-time.
1: <laughs> Doing it all.
2: <laughs> um, I, well, you know, I always, I always feel like there is, there is this urban myth about what PTA is and who PTA parents are. There's this uh, idea of it being a white suburban housewife that is sort of hogging all the resources and and doing all the work. And while there is a portion of our parents who are white suburban housewives, what we're proud to see in our, especially in our town, because that's what I'm familiar with, is that I think more than 50% of parents who are actively involved And advocacy for our students and our children and our teachers are actually full-time working parents who do this in their free time, and that's totally amazing.
1: That's great. And I think it's really important to have that diversity of representation of working and non-working parents, as well as socioeconomic and racial diversity within the PTA. I know that that's something that you and I talked a little bit about previously.
2: Yes, we did. We And we're hoping to make even bigger strides going forward. Um, there has been, due to the current events, there has been, I mean, it should have been sooner, really should not be lagging behind. But there is now an absolute concentrated effort to ensure that every parent is heard and that every child is represented and we're doing the best that we can and we are going to do better. <laughs> it's always like I always feel like sitting back and say, well, we're doing the best we can is just good enough. It's like you have to be uncomfortable. You have to push forward and you have to make sure that even when it's not your particular personal interest in your and you have to represent every child in the district and every parent. That's right, and I, we're hoping yeah, we're hoping to get there. So.
1: <laughs> no, I, I find how um, this topic is actually super related to that because modernizing the PTA and getting it online in an accessible way actually can help that endeavor in order to reach more parents. And so I know three years ago, you took part in a project to help modernize, and I'm doing air quotes here, your town's PTA, (laughs) and it started with the website. Tell me a little bit about, like, what were the challenges with the prior solution that kind of spearheaded this project?
2: Well, specifically for our town, the websites that we were operating with w- were built in 2000 and 2001. So that alone should tell you what kind <laughs> of technology we were working with, those that are familiar with how websites work. And it was a proprietary technology, so very few people actually knew how and what to do with this thing. And it became this dinosaur that we always felt like it's a physicist of work, you know, pushing it up the hill, only... Whatever we do, you know, you touch a wrong button and you put on the wrong code and the thing starts rolling back downhill. And every forward moving you made is one step forward and two steps back. So about three years ago, I kind of sat there and went, okay, enough is enough. I think we should update our website. And at that time, I was a PTA president at our elementary school. The thing about our town is that we have over 6,000 students and we have 11 buildings, and therefore we have 11 PTAs. So I was, you know, it was one out of 11. And so I had to go to our uh, council, PTA council um, of all the 11 schools and persuade everyone to just, I just really just totally antiquated and awful, and that our lives and our jobs would be, Infinitely better and easier if we actually moved with the times, dropped the thing, and just built all new websites. It, so, as you said, it took three years. <laughs> <laughs> it took three years of persuading and conversations and meetings and budgeting and finding the right contractor to do this for us. And I was actually almost at the point of giving up, which is Was very hard for me to admit. And I'm not a person who gives up. And at about, I think, February, and then the pandemic hit. And then I was like, okay, like this is a sign. Like this has to happen. Now it's like, it doesn't really matter whether or not I have time, if I am available, what kind of money is available, like who is available. This has to happen because we are now, you know, as you mentioned in your intro, we are now a fully virtual organization there are no more excuses and there is a definite need for this website to exist. And when people talk about websites these days, it's more people feel that the websites may potentially be a little bit antiquated as well, because we spend so much time on social media, which accounts of which we also have, but we felt there had to be a home space for the PTA, right? Because there is a certain amount of Data and information that you want your members and your constituents. but we always kind of think. I know you know the PTA wants us always to say that we service our members, we, which we certainly do. But no one's excluded. So whatever we do for the members, it is freely available to everyone who is not a PTA member because we don't want there the to be parents and children in the industry that are excluded from services community events or anything that we do because after all, we are a community. So we felt sort of this now has to happen So a committee of one. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: Someone just raised her I hand, know, by I the know. way.
2: I know. Well, actually, I did have some help. I'm not going to take all the credit. I did have some help bouncing uh, ideas off of other people, but I just basically dived in head first, even though I don't have a first clue about how to Put together a website i have found a friend who knows how to use wordpress well he's wordpress um, certified designer and they have all sorts of certification i'm not familiar with but anyway he's one of the experts in the platform and he's like well why don't you just do that and it moves with the times because it's open uh open resource and it's always updated it's secure and nobody has to be doing any coding and you pick a theme and you just plug in your content well, just, quote, unquote, <laughs> <laughs> what took about three months of kind of twisting arms and pushing people and giving deadlines and extending deadlines. Um,
1: <laughs> because you were do doing really 11 expensive. different ones, yeah. right?
2: 11. Myself and one other parents, Kate, um, who was at the time at our middle school, we created sort of a framework, which we then cloned, and then, you know, as inevitably helped Happens, people are like, well, I don't want this, I don't need it. And we're like, well, you know, you do what? Who do you? Like, we have given you the framework and you worked within that framework to create what is good for your school and your constituents and your members and your community. And, but there are certain overarching things that needed to be presented based on what we are and who we are as an organization. So, all of a sudden I found myself this situation being answering questions like, Well, my header is not working in Beaver Builder and you know, he does this funny thing where he goes to the left. I'm like, I don't know what <laughs> that is. But guess what? I am going to spend the next two hours learning it. I'm gonna learn it and I'm gonna fix it for you. And I'm gonna help you fix it and help everyone else. So that's that was the last three months for me. So I can now Claim to be more or less pretty decent WordPress website designer.
1: <laughs> you didn't put that in your background today. You should add that to the resume. <laughs>
2: <No>. <laughs> Commercial finance investment specialist plus. There you go. WordPress designer. <laughs> But it and we successfully, the goal has always been to launch before the first day of school.
1: The first day of school this year. So the fall 2020? Um, yeah. That's
2: right. That's right. And in our town, school started September. It starts always later. It starts after Labor Day. So started on September 10th. And the idea was to launch by September 1st so that parents will have a minute to get used to it and to see that they have been updated and to understand the type of information that is now consumed on them and use them as a resource. So we have compiled large lists of local organizations, all of their websites, all of their services that they are offering, going all the way up to the county level here. And I think even we have even some state websites organizations that operate within Montclair. We have provided all the information they can potentially need if they need assistance of any kind that is available in the community. So the website has sort of become like one big hub, I would call it, of any information any parent can potentially need during this time. And we publish the calendar is live. We have built in a Google calendar in it, so it's live. So any you know, people who are in charge of calendars can change dates and times on the fly, on their phone, so the parents can go to the website. At all times, see up-to-date information of the events that are happening, because so that was always an issue, at least for us in the district, the way that the events have been put on the joint calendar, that there's always a lag and it wasn't updated. So this one is definitely updated by, and when I, we see updated, we need 60 seconds.
1: So it's your one source of truth now, is that website?
2: So, yes. Yeah. So that was because we didn't want parents frustrated to have to go to 16 different places to find information. We didn't want them to go to Facebook and then try to scroll down the news feed because sometimes somewhere they saw a flyer or a link that they might find useful. This way, everything is in one place. And they will just have to go to that one link and they will find everything that they need. And if the information is not public, so therefore not listed on the website, there's a link for private websites where they can click in and join and, and put in their login information. So that's what we try to be. And um, just this constant and a source of information that is verified yep, and that is accurate. And I think I got a text from one of my friends and I always laugh when I remember that she said, and she's. You know she's a corporate attorney and she goes like all these working legs are making my heart sing <laughs> so that when when i got that text i felt like i was like my job here is done." yeah
1: you, you achieved the <laughs> pinnacle of success there so if you're thinking about um schools that are considering updating their website. I think I heard some of the challenges you mentioned. It was very difficult for the PTA to update its own website because there needed to be some programming. There wasn't necessarily one source of truth. So there was a Facebook page, but not everybody was necessarily on Facebook. The website may or may not sync with that. And the timing of updating of those may be different and kind of unlinked. And then also, I believe we talked previously, the site wasn't necessarily mobile compatible, at least not the way sites are today.
2: Started on that. Yeah, that's not. mm -mm.
1: (laughs) So those were the challenges. Have you solved those now with the WordPress solution?
2: Yes, because most WordPress themes are actually compatible with all those things and they can do all those things for you because the theme that we picked, we made, so, you know, We, I mean, honestly, there was a list of, when we started the project three years ago, there was a three-page list of things that we wanted to accomplish with it. Oh, wow. So you put it so succinctly, it were the top priorities, but there were just so many other things that needed to get to the 21st century as an organization. So yes, there were challenges in it, but I think most of the biggest challenge It was not picking the platform to use. It was not picking the theme. It was getting 11 groups to collaborate on a common goal.
1: And what was the best way to do that? that. Like, how did you cut through that? Because that's a lot of different ideas and opinions.
2: Yeah. Lots of Zoom calls. (laughs) Lots of Zoom calls, lots of texts. We we had a Google group for the web designers that we had. Because of just, I'm going to introduce a new word sorry, Merriam-Webster, clunkity of (laughs) clunkiness of of the old website. We actually had to recruit actively every year, had to recruit an actual webmaster for each website, a person who knows how to code to maintain these websites, right? So we've had, we are lucky that we had those resources, that we had parents who were able to do that. It was just a matter of them because some of them, would kinda of look at it and it was almost a little bit sort of below their pay grade to be working with WordPress because they are H T M L or yep. C plus plus or would SAP, whatever it is that they do. So for them, the WordPress was a little bit of plug and play, which made their job a whole lot of easier. But some of them would <laughs> kind of try to get a little fancy.
1: Right, they the were used to more customization, and, probably because yeah, they right, have no, the well, skills. Like,
2: No, just like we just really, you really don't need to do that because we we're also what we were also trying to accomplish is have a sort of almost a branding between the groups. So people will understand when they look at these websites, they will understand that we're all part of the same community.
1: Yeah, so a unified so brand for the, the city, yeah, and that right. probably ties into exactly. the state and national PTA. and
2: national PTA, look, yeah, yeah. So that's sort of what we were trying to do. So, so there was no confusion as to what they were looking at. Yeah. Um, they would understand that this is the website that is built by the parents for the parents, and the information for them would be available there. So, yeah, so there was a lot of Zoom calls. There was a lot of screen sharing. There was a lot of this is how you do this, and this is how you do that, this is how you plug and play, because one of the biggest challenges, which actually there are a few people to talk about, is the um, the mandatory turnover of leadership every year or two, right? So most states, and, and it comes down from national charter, and state charters, most Teams turn over entire leadership every year or two depending on landbooks. Right? So yeah. if you started something three years ago or four years ago, by the time you get to the execution, this is an entirely different set of people. Yeah, right? make
1: that eleven thirty three, right? With, yeah.
2: Right? <laughs> exactly. So it's like so we <laughs> we were having conversations like you know entire spring there were conversations and zoom calls and when it, we're doing this, we're changing this, this is happening, this is happening, we're moving forward for you to get to August one of July actually one of you starting pt presidents to go, Oh, we don't want to change our website, we're fine. And you're gonna go ah. <laughs> you kind gonna go freak out. Look, what do you mean we're not changing your website? You know right. And, and sort of and that's when you because she, she just simply wasn't aware that this was a project that was happening. And at some level that is my fault for not introducing myself. There was clearly no correct transition of leadership at their particular unit because the previous president didn't share this particular project with them, So there, there was that. And, you know, and that's the situation when you're kind of five minutes to 12, that's a situation where you go, well, you kind of have
3: Yeah, right. <laughs> it's
2: like, I'm sorry that you don't want to, but this is happening and you have to do it. You don't always want to put people up against the wall and do that to them. But, you know, everyone else in the room, I quote unquote, again, in town going, this is happening, we're doing this, you're the last person standing. You have to do it, and we'll help you do it. And I think that was probably the proudest moment when other PTA groups in town were like, look, we understand, we hear you. However, this has to happen because we have seen the light. Like, we may not have wanted to be doing this this spring because everybody's stressed out, kids are running all over us, we're constantly in Zoom calls for work and whatnot, and then we have to do this as well. But we're here to help you. Like, we'll walk you through it. And that's, I think, that was the moment when I saw everyone shine the brightest because she would reach out yeah, and she's like, I'm having issues with this widget or that widget, and this is not working, that's working. And different people, are, okay, let's log in together. Let me show you how I did this. And it will be different people from different schools and different groups kind of sitting her down and just walking her through this so she can meet the deadline. The end result of that collaboration and and that collaboration itself was just wonderful thing to see of community coming together
1: So it sounds like a lot of seeking to understand different perspectives, collaborating together, and a lot of emotional intelligence to make it through the biggest challenge of coordinating the 11 different people uh, really pulled you through to the end there. 11 different groups. Groups. Sorry, you're right. You're right. I think we calculated at least 33 different people and probably more because it probably just wasn't one from each. Fair. So if you had two to three tips to give any PTA looking to update their website site what would you say
2: make a shorter turnaround time so I think us doing this over the span of three years even though most of that time was used for research and petitioning different groups to participate in this and be part of this as a body I think giving yourself a shorter timeline to do this would yield faster and better results and fewer people Um, (laughs) potentially uh, th- there's that. That's the benefit of that. You don't have to have 33 different people to speak to. But yeah, The timeline is definitely because it will, first of all, there's all these requirements that we have as an organization about not transferring money from one year to the next. There's a minimum amount of money that, that can be moved from one fiscal year to the next. So having to write to the state every July and telling them that we're saving this money because we need it for this project three years in a row. And it's, you know, a big pile of money. they gets suspicious at one point. And, mm. you know, at a certain point we got a letter, they're like, okay, you need to send this. You can't move this anymore. You're done. So that it will help. Definitely help with the fiscal. It will help with the number of people that will be so uh, limit the size of the committee to there, there has to be a decision maker and a lead that is decisive and can see division. Otherwise, you'll be deaf by committee. Yep. And we're all familiar with that. Someone inspiring, firing, someone who can lead it and push, lead and push and control and twist arms and just make it happen. You should absolutely get consensus and have people buy into division. And if you start with that, if you sit in a room and everybody's saying, oh, yeah, this has to, this should happen, then you're like already one step ahead. I also highly recommend WordPress as a platform because it's not only comes preloaded with a whole sorts of themes that you can uh, build on and work with. And once you kind of learn the content, the the idea of maintaining of the content and updating the website is a brief, right? Because the theme and overarching structure gets updated automatically. The only thing you're updated going forward is the content. Makes sense. And so those, those would be sort of my takeaway.
1: Yeah. So it sounds make
2: it, make it easy. So the third one, you know, with the WordPress as our choice, it just makes it easier on yourself.
1: Yeah. It sounds like shorter time frame, appoint a leader and at least consider WordPress. Um, but definitely a, a simple platform to uh, facilitate ease of updating.
2: Right. Because you also, you want people, you want parents to be involved in on every level. Yeah. Right. And, while it's good to have someone who's an expert in the subject matter, but if parent needs to be involved and this is something they do even though they're not experts at websites and communications, like this would be something a working parent can do from their either home computer or work computer. They can update content to the website and feel like they've contributed to community. Which is great. So that's you know, just fine level jobs for people.
1: Yep. Yeah, even if they're updating just one section of the site, it's very helpful to have yeah many participants exactly. yeah
2: yeah yeah and then just delegate <laughs> delegate makes, makes everyone's job make people feel appreciated and involved and makes them feel like they're doing something to help
1: and many hands make light work so that is so also helpful as well so much lighter <laughs> and the website isn't the only thing that you've had to modernize i mean the way meetings are run has changed out of necessity what have you guys been doing around that
2: Thankfully, I think for everyone up to that point, and I think that's the national PTA rule, that all the meetings have to be held in person, especially the voting meetings, right? Um, there's no proxies. You can't vote right. via Facebook or live or however else you're holding your meeting. So once the pandemic happened, thankfully, we received guidance from the state of New Jersey PTA that we can hold our meetings via Zoom and that the voting is allowed to happen via zoom that has increased the participation in the ppa work in our town probably like 300
1: that's amazing
2: right because when you were demanding and we kind of noticed this trend about three or four years ago when we started broadcasting our meetings on facebook live we felt like parents would participate it's just like people can't physically be in a school building at 9.30 a.m. Yep. Whatever reason they have work, they have commitments, or even at 7.30 p.m., they have dinner, and they need to put kids to bed. So having in-person meetings at those times, as good it is, it also is really bad because you can have more people participate these people. And so we noticed the increasing of viewership of the recordings of our Facebook Live feeds you know, there'll be at the times of like hundreds of people watching this. And we're like, what is happening? Cause we have 11 people sitting in the room here. <laughs> so once we were given a green light to do like every meeting now has almost hundred percent participation. Almost all invitees show up.
3: Wow. That's
2: impressive. Because they can, because it's on Zoom, because it's, It's the click of a button on the phone or on your computer. And people's voices get to be heard, and they get to share, and they get to tell us their ideas. And it's honestly been wonderful. For those of us that have been doing advocacy and working in this space for decades, or decades for me specifically, it was great to see these meetings and different voices and people raising their hands and giving their ideas and volunteering to do stuff. So my one takeaway is like keep the Zoom meetings going. Yeah, after, you... after all this ends, I personally don't see an end anywhere in a near horizon. I'm probably like, once the vaccine is introduced, we're probably sadly talking spring or summer of next year. But even uh, hopefully not. But it is because that's how you keep the parents engaged. We really need the parents to be engaged. It cannot be on the organization of 11 volunteers. And parents are engaged when you make it really, really easy for them to be engaged, like having them on a Zoom meeting. I look at the membership numbers that we have for this year, and we are not the school that has a, usually a lot of members. We have exact same, num- it is now September 17th. We have exact same numbers, of a number of members that we had last year For the entire year.
3: Oh, wow.
2: It took us the entire year to recruit this many members. And it's now September 17, and we are starting July 1st. September 17, the exact same numbers, Because people believe in this. People want to be active. People want to advocate. People want to participate. You have to make it easy for them.
1: Well, and this goes back to Uh, what we were talking about with diversity of opinion, right? Like now you have the ability to solicit more diverse opinions if you have more participants and therefore you have better representation for all the different viewpoints. Of
2: your entire community Yeah, and the needs, different needs that people have not had an ability or time or space to tell you so you can better represent and better advocate for every child in your district.
1: You mentioned membership. I think that's an interesting area because if we think... how PTAs have often operated you know you go to back to school day or you go say hello to your teachers or whatever it is the the in-person kickoff that your school hosts right before school starts and usually there's a table there with the PTA and that's how members are recruited right and that's very much in person yeah exactly that's very much in person (laughs) and it's very much not happening right now and so how do you you've got more members though so how how did you handle membership this year?
2: We actually have not at all recruited members.
1: Wow, congrats. And that's
2: the even more shocking, even more shocking this year. What we have done is basically said, we are not going to ask anything under the circumstances. We're not asking anything from anyone. But if you feel like you want to do something and contribute something, by all means do. And we put a button on the new website that says donate here. And all of the money that you donate is going to be given back to school and the students in school. So what we have done a week before the school started, the district held in our school specifically, but the entire district basically had textbook distribution. Yep. So the money that we collected, all of the money went into purchasing school supplies. Okay. So we purchased 20 boxes of school supplies and science kits as directed by our um, science teacher in our school. And when parents come came to pick up their textbooks for their kids, we had a table which had free slots. That's and great. That it. We said, these are free. Whoever needs them, they were like, well, what? And people will come up to this. Well, does this cost anything? We're like, nope, cost nothing. Money has been donated for this. Other generous parents in the district who are able to help and support have donated towards this. So if you need if you need a pencil or an eraser or if you need every single thing on this table, it is yours ticket. And we have given away all of the science supplies. We have given away all of the school supplies and an extraordinary thing happened. People went on our website and became members.
1: That's fantastic.
2: And then they not only that, they've given us even more money. Because they have seen their donations work in the community. They have seen the direct effect their donations have on the students and families that haven't.
3: That's fantastic.
2: Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, I'm getting good stuff talking about it. Because it was just, honestly, we really did not. And, you know, we look at the numbers of the donations that are coming in. And I'm just just very just you know, <laughs> right now to tell you the truth. I was looking at the numbers this morning on our website, and I'm like, "Ooh, this is, makes you feel good."
3: That's great.
1: It
2: makes you feel really, really good about the community that you live in, despite all the challenges that living in communities can bring with them. But, yeah, that really is it all we do.
1: I know the National PTA provides Member Hub as an access point to manage membership. And so that is a virtual option. Have you guys leveraged that? And if so, what are some tips around Member Hub that you would share to PTAs looking to manage their membership virtually?
2: Okay, so I'm going to purpose this with I love, 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 love Member Hub. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Big fan here. <laughs>
2: It is, not a, it is not the most modern and fancy-looking thing. It's definitely not a WordPress-based website. But I have to tell you, for the functionality of the PTA and the official work of the PTA that needs to get done, I absolutely love its functionality. And those of you that are PTA leaders listening to this or even PTO because, or any other parent organization, I highly recommend it. So one of the challenges in communi- communicating with parents has always been purpose, right? Do we have access, how much access do we have to people's personal information to email them or mail them, include them in the directory for other people to see? What do we include? Do we include the names of children? Do we include their grade levels and all sorts of things? And people need to opt in to get be participate in this community. So using member hubs has sort of jumps over a majority of hurdles in PTAs communicating with their community. And those of you that are not familiar, I encourage you, it's, it's easier, actually, when I talk about Member Hub, it's much easier when I do this on Zoom because I have screen share and show everyone different functionalities the website has. But what it has enabled us to do is to solicit community members to come to this password-protected private website and have the level of engagement in virtual communities that they feel they're comfortable with, right? So we were able to create a virtual, or not virtual, but digital directory of people that feel like they want to be part of directory and want their information shared. And being in this climate, People want to connect with other people. Parents want to connect with other parents, and they want their children to connect with their friends. So having a digital directory where you can see someone's photograph, or even most majority of people actually haven't put up photographs, but contact information, you can just search for the name that you are looking for. You can see their email address or phone number, and you can contact them for whatever reason. And that has been the perennial challenge of the PTA how to create this directory and communication between the parents. So MemberHub has solved that for us. It has solved the communication issue and the engagement issue in the sense that we have a a cache of however many email addresses, and we needed a place to store them, but also to communicate out to these email addresses. So MemberHub offers us opportunity to do that. We can email every single person, on that directory and they can receive our weekly newsletter with all the information that they need for that week, all in one place. Again, all about simplicity, everything is in one place. And then parents can create their own little sub-hubs, like almost like virtual pods or however they want to call them. We're actually not encouraging pods, but we have organized our member hub based on the grade level and the homeroom level. Right, so uh, we are inviting parents to join the hubs that are they, their grade level, and they will receive information, exchange information for everyone who is in that grade. And the homeroom is obviously the homeroom for that their particular child, which can have anywhere between 18 and 25 kids, and consequently anywhere between 25 and 50 parents who are of those children, and they can communicate with each other in that their little homeroom. Our, the grade level, however, they want to organize themselves. So, we have found, uh, like, we're again because this is pretty new. Member Hub has been in use. We were required by the state of New Jersey PTA to use it for the last three years, but we've only used it to the point where we would upload the name of the people who became members and their membership dues We have actually haven't used any of this other functionality. So, when we were actually transferring the website, I kind of looked into the member hub as one of the options. And I'm like, wait a minute. I mean, this cannot be our website because it's private password protected. Yep. So it cannot be our outward facing website, but we can put so much more in here. And there can be so much more communication and connectivity, right? Because one of the things about social media and having social media accounts, which is shocking to people that use social media it's a whole other like percentage, and I would say about thirty in case of our school, thirty percent of people who are not on social media. they're not interested in social media. They don't want to be on social media. They don't want their children to be on social media. So when you're posting things on social media as a means of communication, it is just one avenue for those people that are on social media. You're ignoring, If you're not using any other means of communication other than social media, you're ignoring a whole group of parents that should be involved, that should participate, whose voice you want to hear. Yep. And using a member hub gives you that, right? Even if they don't like social media, they might not necessarily enjoy having an account on member hub, but that does not prevent them from receiving emails. Right. Right. Because you you have the messaging function in in member hubs, and and that could be the level of engagement that they are comfortable with, and you they can get their one weekly email, and that is it, and that is totally fine. And you could post
1: that but same information on social media. That way, the parents who like to consume that information that way
2: right. can right. get it that that's way. Right. That's right. And when you obviously just you know boy, well, yeah, if you're posting these things, you're weekly PPA email on social media, do it in a private group, not on public space. Yep. because there'll be some sensitive information there. But the focus cannot be on social media as a channel. It is one of channels, yep. not the channel. That has been a challenge, which member hub has solved for us. So technically speaking, member hub can become its own kind of, it's, that's why it's called a hub. You know, it can really become a type of, uh, exchange almost akin to social media
3: mm-hmm.
2: because you can organize by these homerooms and grades and people can talk to each other while in the member hub. And like I said, and that would be sort of the maximum level of engagement using the sign-up sheets, using the whiteboards to collaborate, organizing events, putting things up on calendar that are not related to official business of the district and the PTA. Or, like I said, on the other end of the spectrum, they just get those weekly email, which is the digest of everything that happens that week on the month, and that's it. But everyone's included.
1: Yeah, it sounds like a great tool. Where
2: you want to, yeah, and that's sort of where you want to be. That's the space that you want to operate in.
1: And for those listeners wondering whether Selma made up a second word, FERPA is the Family Educational Rights and Privacy Act. <laughs> I know not everybody is necessarily familiar with that, but know, it is, it is, of course, a very necessary act to follow as a PTA leader and Absolutely. member hub definitely supports the ability to comply. Thank you. Well, thank you. This was great. Uh, we talked a lot about websites Member Hub and Zoom, it sounds like the PTA in Montclair, New Jersey is in a great place in this virtual world. We made up some new words. We gave some (laughs) practical tips. And I hope that listeners have taken a lot of value. But I really appreciate your time, Selma. These are great insights into how to modernize your PTA.
2: Thank you. I truly appreciate you inviting me to be your guest. And I really hope that some of this advice has been helpful to others. Thank Thank you for this lovely podcast.
0: This show has been brought to you by K12 Clothing. K12 Clothing is a PTA dad created business focused on providing high quality school apparel while increasing access to educational resources through fundraising in schools. Learn more at k12clothing.com. Make sure to visit our website at themultipurposeroom.school to subscribe to this show. If you like the topics on this show, We share additional resources on our company blog at k12clothing.com and click on blog. Thanks to Squad Locker for making this show possible, and we'll see you next week in the Multipurpose Room.